0: and welcome to the Renaissance English History Podcast, a part of the Agora Podcast Network. I'm your host, Heather Tesco, and I'm a storyteller who makes history accessible because I believe it's a pathway to understanding who we are, our place in the universe, and being more deeply in touch with our own humanity. This is episode 143, and it's about the great debasement. The who what now? The great debasement otherwise known as the event that gave Henry VIII his moniker of Old Copper Nose, Also, an amazing con job that Henry perpetrated on his own people. So, let's discuss. But, first off, I want to just plug the Agora podcast of the month, if you're looking for something new to listen to right now, is the Mid-Atlantic. Mid-Atlantic looks at politics and current events in Britain and the U.S., And each show consists of American and British pundits reviewing and commenting on the most important U.S. and British pieces of news that week, with host Royfield Brown officiating. And so if you're into news and current events, you should definitely check out Mid-Atlantic wherever you are listening to this show. (laughs) Alright, so what was the Great Debasement? In short, it was an economic policy that stretched on for about a dozen years never actually got worked out until the reign of Elizabeth. And it basically destroyed the economy for a while. So as you may already know, money used to be based on weight. A pound in currency was literally a pound in weight. If you wanted to buy something for two pounds, you literally took two pounds of silver in weight to buy it. There were smaller denominations based on cutting the coins into fractions of a pound, but everything was still based on the trust that people had that a pound of silver, a pound sterling, was truly a pound in weight. And then all of the coins that were fractions of that had the same amount of silver in. In essence, a coin is a promise guaranteed by a monarch to be a certain weight and have a certain amount of valuable metal in it. And for centuries, the reputation of the monarch depended on having a strong currency where the silver wasn't contaminated with too many other metals. Now coins need to be mixed with some alloy. Silver itself is actually too soft to be in wide circulation without being mixed with other metal in it. Um, It's too soft and it rubs off too easily. So you always want to have some other metals in it, but it's the percentage that's the most important thing. So throughout the Middle Ages, other governments, especially in France, other governments in Europe, had experimented with debasing their currency, essentially adding other metals to the coins so that the pound did not contain as much silver. This meant that the silver, of course, could make more coins, could go further, essentially allowing a monarch to mint more coins for things like making war. England had not experienced any debasement of the coinage between the 13th to the 16th centuries. The English currency was very very stable and had not been debased. Now, we all know the reputation that Henry VII had for being a bit of a miser when it came to money, right? But it has to be said, that his monetary policy took the coins from the reign of Richard III, which had been clipped and were very adulterated after the Wars of the Roses. They were not in good shape. Um, he Henry built up a very strong currency. New coins were minted and the currency was widely respected throughout Europe. But as we also know, his son, the 8th Henry, liked to make war and build a navy and build palaces. So Henry Eighth began to run out of money. Even after the dissolution of the monasteries, he was still running low on ready cash and he wanted to make war on France again, gosh darn it. And he decided that the best way to get the money to do that would be to gradually have less silver in the coins so that he could use the silver to make more coins to make war on France. Now, Henry did a small version of this in the mid-1520s, Cardinal Wolsey had executed it. It was under pressure from the Low Countries and other European countries that were debasing their own coinage. There was pressure on the coins of England at that time because of what Europe was doing. But it was a very, very small amount. It was done very publicly and there were announcements and laws forbidding price gouging. And it was done simply to keep the currency in England and end the flow of it to Europe. Now, the great debasement that I'm talking about happened a decade and a half later, and it has been referred to as the greatest monetary treason ever committed by a head of state. Surely it was a great con that Henry pulled on his people, and it wreaked havoc on the economy, as I said, for decades to come. I want to read to you from a chapter on monetary policy from Stephen Dang. He writes... For approximately 400 years, England had maintained 92.5% purity for sterling. So for 400 years, England had maintained 92.5% purity. But with Henry's debasement, the purity of coins gradually dropped down to 75%, then to 50%, then to 33%, and finally to 25%. Edward VI continued this, And a 1551 issue of coins under Edward VI contained only 17% of the silver contained in pre-debasement coins. As a result, the earlier prestige of the English coin, which at times had been the envy of Northern Europe, greatly disintegrated over a very brief period. So each coin became worth less than it had been in terms of its content of precious metals. How did this make Henry more money? Well, the government has a monopoly on printing or minting money, right? And normally the face value of the coined money is more than what it costs to produce that coin. So let's say you create a pound coin. One hopes that it costs you less than a pound to make that coin and the profit is called seniorage, which is used to pay government costs. I'm thinking specifically about one of the ideas that Andrew Yang had in his presidential run this year, which was to get rid of the penny because it costs more to make a penny than the penny is actually worth, which doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. But let's say you can print more coins using less of the valuable metals. Well, you're going to make a bigger profit on each coin, right? And not only that, but there's more money circulating around for you to do things like invade Ireland. And while in theory each coin should be worth less and buy less stuff, i.e. something that cost a pound before, assuming the pound was 92% silver, might now cost more than a pound if there's less silver in it, the kicker is that if you do this in secret, without parliament approving and without telling anyone, then who's going to know? And that's what Henry was thinking about. Well, so all this was done in secret. It wasn't put through Parliament. And what happened was people figured it out because the small amount of silver on each coin started to rub off, showing the copper alloy underneath. And people were starting to realize, wait, there's way more copper in this coin than there had been before. And that is actually how Henry VIII got the nickname Old Copper Nose. The silver on the raised part of of the coin that had his nose, so that raised nose part, in the minted coins, the silver started rubbing off, showing the copper nose underneath. So the thing is, word's going to get out that you've done this. And what do you think is going to happen to prices once people realize that the coins no longer have the same amount of silver in them? Well, they're going to go up, right? So prices began to rise on everything. But at the same time, workers didn't automatically get raises. That's not just because employers wanted to keep more of the profit for themselves, but their own costs had gone up as well, so they couldn't even necessarily afford to give more raises. And the English currency, which had once been so respected throughout Europe, began to fall apart. Trade suffered, as Europeans wanted more money for the same goods now that they knew that the money was worth less. Also, what do you think people are going to do if they still have the older coins that are worth more? If you were used to paying a pound for something, and you still have those original pound coins, are you going to want to go spend two pounds of your good solid 92% silver money on something that you know should only be a pound if you can instead use your 20% silver coins to buy the same thing? Of course, you're going to use the bad quote unquote bad money to pay for things rather than the good money, right? people have a built-in incentive to pay for goods and services with the coins that are worth the least to them. So people began to hoard the old currency. Plus, the whole thing came back to bite Henry and the Patui pretty royally when the money worked its way through the system and actually started coming back to him in the form of payments of rents. So this is something that's known as Gresham's Law. The name itself wasn't coined until the 1860s, but it's named after Thomas Gresham, the financier that I did an episode on about two years ago. I will actually link to that old episode in the show notes, which will for this episode, which will be at englandcast.com money. So englandcast.com money will have the show notes for this episode. And you can get that old episode on Thomas Gresham. But the rule Gresham's law states essentially that bad money drives out good money. So if you've got two coins and one is intrinsically worth more than the other, and they both buy the same amount, you're going to use the bad one to pay for the items rather than the more valuable one. You'll save the more valuable one or use it maybe to buy something abroad where it could buy more. So pretty soon the entire domestic currency market was flooded with these debased coins in which no one had much faith. The debasement continued under Edward VI, who found himself stuck in it with no way out. Some of his counselors did advise that he do something to try to get the currency back to its face value, but it was going to be so expensive, and there was a lot of infighting on his council, and it was never done. Plus, even if you mint better coins, which he thought about doing, Gresham's Law states that people are going to hoard the new good ones and spend the bad ones. Mary tried to print more coins once she was clean for the higher amount of silver, but she ran out of money herself and she reverted back to minting the old ones too. Over a decade into the debasement debacle, domestic prices had started to work themselves out and the shock to the system had worn off. But Elizabeth wanted to get things back to normal and raise the standard of the English currency again so that English money could buy more imported stuff and things wouldn't be quite as expensive. In 1560, Elizabeth realized that the faith in the English currency was basically zero. Commerce and trade had been in freefall, and something had to be done to restore the faith both inside and outside of England. But even if you mint new coins, how do you ensure that people aren't going to just hoard them? So Elizabeth called on William Cecil and Thomas Gresham to help her plan the restoration of the currency. In Tudor Economic Documents, R.H. Taney and Eileen Power quote a document from this time that says, Her Highness, weighing and considering the state of this her realm and crown in time past, the great expenses of her ancestor by reason of their wars and their abilities, not only to support the same, but also to leave great treasure behind them, And conferring therewith all her long and happy peace, in which times princes grow rich, and the great want and insufficiency of her revenues and treasures to supply the ordinary charge and defense of her dominions, she could not, but with great care, study thereupon and devise for remedy of the same. And after sundry debatements and consultations with herself, she is, by diverse reasons, induced to conceive that the greatest and almost the only cause thereof hath proceeded by the enhancements of the coin to the time of her father and brother, and that the only remedy thereof is to reduce monies to the ancient standard. So Thomas Gresham put into effect a program that required people to bring in their old debased coins and have them replaced with new ones. He wanted to withdraw all of the old bad money and melt it down and start fresh with money that was actually worth the face value. So they passed a law that said that the debased coins were not actually going to be legal tender after a certain date, giving people time to turn in their old coins. Not only was the program successful in getting the old money out of circulation between 1560 and 1561, but it provided a profit of around £50,000 for Elizabeth. So, yay. Of course, having trustworthy currency made trade easier for merchants, and other countries wanted to deal with England again. Though so it was, again, a shock and painful for people at first. Turning in two pounds worth of bad coins and only getting a pound back of good money, it, it was painful at first. But again, after that, prices began to stabilize, and people actually had trust in the money. So essentially, starting in the early 1540s, Henry VIII passed what was essentially a secret tax on people, making more money and profits from higher prices and people having less spending power, without Parliament's approval, and without telling anyone. See why this is sometimes called the greatest monetary crime ever committed by a monarch, or monetary treason ever committed by a monarch? It bit him in the butt. And it wasn't until 20 years later under his daughter that it got worked out and England's standing in the currency market was back to where it had been before. So that's it for this week. I don't have a book recommendation, but I do have all my sources and further reading at englandcast.com slash money. Isn't that really interesting though? You know, you hear these things, you read these things about the great debasement and it's like, well, what did that actually mean? And how did that actually affect ordinary people? And when you think about it, starting to realize that your money, we just take it for granted now that the money that we carry in our pocket is actually worth what it says. And if you started to realize that the money you were carrying wasn't worth what it said it was worth, how much of a shock would that be to the system? I find it really interesting. So let me know what you thought about this episode. You can get in touch with me through the listener support line at 8016-TESCO, Or through Twitter at Tesco. Or facebook.com slash Englandcast. Thanks so much for listening. Stay well, and I will be back again in a couple of weeks. Have a good one. Blow northern wind, a for me be sweating. Blow northern wind, blow, blow, blow. Ich caught a in Borough Breach, that's on sea. Men's full mind of me, fair and fraid of ponder. In all this world, for of one, a bird of blood and of bone, never yet in Ooster known, nor somewhere in London. Blown on wind, send for babies waiting, blown on.